What's up, Whisper Nation? It's episode 89 of the Fantasy Whispers and Big Travi, Johnny Game Time Hicks, and of course, Chelsea Lee Byers here to bring you our week 10 reaction right here on the Fantasy Whisper. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. We're back. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's good, Whisper Nation? It's Tuesday, November 12th, and you're listening to episode 89 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks, Big Travi, and me, Chelsea. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers, and you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We've got articles, latest episodes, rankings, and our Patreon account. You can help support our show by joining as a patron of the Fantasy Whispers, where you'll gain access to a ton of bonus content. So head on over to patreon.com and search the Fantasy Whispers today. Welcome in. We Good are morning. here alive and well. Yeah. After week 10. Uh Johnny. Well, how you alive. Feeling? I don't know about well, but we are definitely <laughs> alive. Uh some crazy, Johnny. crazy stuff happened. Yeah, we've got we've got some great recap to get into here for week 10. We've got a ton of news and notes to to roll through as well, but you know, we're 10 weeks in. We've got a, about a 3-week stretch to the playoffs. Johnny, playoffs. how you doing in in your in your <laughs> leagues? Playoffs, man. <laughs> I'll be lucky if I make the playoffs in any of my leagues. No, well, I got I should have a chance to get playoffs in one league, but that's it is what it, it's been a rough year, Big Travi. It's been been a rough year for me. Yeah, well, I'm sure uh, a lot of Whisper Nation can relate. I have a couple leagues where I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, Whisper Nation, our Whisper Nation league update here is we are cruising for a uh, out of the playoff spot here between nice. our three headed team here between Chelsea, Johnny, and I. I think with this much greatness behind the wheel, it's going to just bound to run into a wall. We're fighting We've got over too many cooks yeah. in the kitchen. That's it. Um, so, you know, honestly, I, I kind of knew this with you two. You guys have this ego right? Um, that clashes with me all the time. I'm just trying to be, you know, you know, it's brutal. The- you know what? Here's the here's dead honest brutal. Like this. What's this is what sucks the most is the we constantly have so much analysis that it does become analysis by paralysis because. Case in point. On our league of record. I needed a tight end because George Kittle was going out. You know, they were ruling him out. He went down to doubtful on Friday, and they pretty much had ruled him out on Saturday unofficially. So I'm looking at tight ends. You know, I'm looking at our waiver wire on the tight end section, and Jack Doyle was there. I was I was like, oh, Jack Doyle should have a good game, likes the juicy matchup. And then, you know, Rudolph kinda, was there. Rudolph was there. Definitely was like, oh, Rudolph, he had a he's had a nice couple weeks, you know, without Thielen there. Well, well, why don't sure. you tell uh, why don't you tell everybody who you went with? Uh, and uh I'll even I'll even up it one more. I even was looking at Seattle's backup tight end, who actually over the last couple of weeks has put together quite Quite a nice little stack of games. And I was just like, you know, 49ers defense are pretty good. I'm not going to go there either. I went with, oh, what looks to be the ideal matchup. Indianapolis Colts have been getting up, giving up a ton to the tight end position. We have a, a breakout in Jaseki, Breakout tight end. Looks good. 
Dude runs Uh-oh. fast. They might use they their number one wide receiver just went out. So why wouldn't why wouldn't he be the guy that to go with? I go with him. And he's the only guy that does not score. Every other tight end I could have picked up would have scored. I looked at every single one of them, and I was like, I crossed them off because I said, no, Jacecki has the best matchup. He should score. No, that's what type of year this has been. That's what type of yeah, year this has 20, been. 28 scoreless yards for Gusecki, and he added a little cherry on top for you. A Johnny, fumble. He, fu- he fumbled the ball. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So, unbelievable. With, yet, with yet that I fumble. See, he fumbled away Johnny's playoff hopes. Yep. And yet, you know, Jack Doyle getting the ball left and right has a monster yeah. day. Uh, waiver wire tight end of the week. Uh, you've got, you know, Seattle's uh, tight end scores a touchdown. Unbelievable. <laughs> this is what fantasy football this is. why people get frustrated with fantasy football. Charles, how's the playoff outlook on your side of town? You know, I... Uh, got a win this week and it was so exciting. I just opened my app uh, this morning first thing and I got that great you won and I totally forgot the app actually gives you one of those. Yeah, it had been so long since I'd gotten a win. Um, I think in our league of record we've got eight teams hovering at five and five. Did you see Johnny's face when you said I got that update oh, yeah he was kind of confused he didn't know what that yeah he didn't about. he hadn't seen that in a yeah, while the app actually rewards you when you win it tells you i had forgotten about that um but no we have eight teams at five and five in our league of record it's a crazy showdown yeah. going into the playoffs it's where points are really coming down to the line so every point matters you see a couple extra points on your bench and you're just tearing your hair out at this point yeah it's a real exciting time to be alive in fantasy yeah we're gonna see some crazy things down the the stretch in our league of record Johnny was part of a amazing close win in our dynasty league, the dynasty whispers as well. Um, uh, I also got a win in our league of record. I have a couple leagues. I am looking at playoff spots in, but it's three weeks to go, man. Nothing's guaranteed. So stick with us. Whisper nation. We're going to get you through here. Like, and subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube now, please, if you're uh, listening to this on any of the podcast apps, leave us a review. If you can, we know that you would enjoy the content if you get subscribed and and as chelsea said our patreon is up and running so get on over there and help us out there we are going to jump through this week 10 reaction and just kind of chew on some of these storylines that have been developing over 10 weeks and some some of the things we saw in week 10 but before we do that chelsea we got some news and notes yeah that's right we saw a lot of injuries in week 10 that's for sure so we're going to jump into it with news and notes around the nfl brought to you by fanatic that's f-a-n-a-t-i-q it's where fantasy meets iq They've done some amazing work to their offseason, uh, including adding articles, uh, podcast episodes, player stats, and beat writer updates all within their app. So head on over to the App Store and download Fanatic today. Just jump into it because, my gosh, there's a lot of injuries. And yeah. first and maybe most concerning, Tyler Lockett with a mysterious lower leg injury. We were just talking before the show. Pete Carroll likes to hold these things close. What do you got to say about it, Trav? Uh, I just you, we're going to have to watch this. He was hospitalized after last night's game. We haven't had anything uh, else trickle out of Seattle here. So monitor this. By the time you're listening to this, there could be a new update. Um, he missed most of the four or most of the end of that game and most and all of overtime. So, um, you know, he had been having such a special year. This is a you hate to see this because he was a top five, top 10 uh, wide receiver in fantasy. Depending and an unlikely on the one, maybe. Yeah, and Beth definitely not somebody you had pegged for that spot, but definitely with an MVP type season out of Russell Wilson, you were getting this. Um, 
kind of production. But now, uh, you know, if those you of you that picked up Josh Gordon could be looking at a slight upgrade here and uh, you took a chance on a guy. And so take a take a hard look at what Lockett's status is heading into Sunday, but uh, upgrade for Josh Gordon owners. That's for sure. And we got Brandon Cooks already ruled out again for week 11 with a concussion. Yeah, this is really interesting because he's now gone and seen multiple doctors for this. Uh, It's not quite certain what the extent of this. It it seems to be looking past the the concussion thing. There might be something else going on there. Uh, Definitely something that you're going to want to tune into because this could be a situation where, um, you know, we don't know. It's a concussion. It's a brain injury. So we don't know how long it's going to be, how long he's going to be out. He could go on IR. I, it, it's uncertain right now. There's not a whole lot of information going around about what is going on with Brandon Cooks. It's his second concussion on the year, right? Yeah. 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 And the thing is, is they said that they were hopeful he'll play again. Right. Um, however, he is not. Uh, he's been already ruled out. So I wonder if this is a t- situation where if the Rams can't get it together for the playoff hunt, because uh, they are slipping down that board, especially in a stacked NFC, if they don't just shut down Cooks for the season. Yeah. You got to think that they're taking a concussion protocol much more seriously, and that's encouraging news, albeit difficult yeah. for your fantasy rosters, no doubt. <laughs> Correct. Johnny, were you going to say something or should I yeah, move I on? Yeah, I mean, is it, man, what is going on with the Rams? <laughs> Their offense is awful. They they look yeah. they look so bad. This... Interior offensive line uh, play has been a big thing that's plagued that uh, team. The running game can't get going. You don't see Gurley at a dominant level. And when Goff has to have the game on his shoulders and that line is the way it is, he is not able to stand up to pressure and get the ball out of his hands. I mean, dare I say, like, the Jeff Fisher days look pretty similar to these. I mean, this is just unbearable. It really is. I was trying to watch that game the other night, and goodness gracious, rather watch my grandma bake a pie or something because it didn't look good. Is your grandma baking a pie? Because I, I mean, it, it would look a lot better than the game the other night. I'll tell you that for certain. All right. <laughs> well, into an offense we certainly didn't expect to dominate the Saints as they did. Mm. The Falcons are going to be missing Devonta Freeman headed into Week 11 yeah. uh, and maybe even Week 12. Yeah, it's looking like a two-week injury. Uh, Ian Rappaport um, talked about this uh, as a foot sprain. We'll probably have a little bit more um, information on this, but. I don't know that Freeman will get this job back, Johnny. Uh, Hall or uh, Brian Hall has looked good. Brian Hill, Brian Hill Brian sorry, Hill. yeah. Brian Hill has looked really good in stints. He looked good in the preseason when they've given him some work in the regular season. He's looked good too, and Freeman has not looked good. So you're looking at a situation with Brian Hill. Tito um, Smith hit that IR. So yeah, that's exactly. It. The so I, I, I think that they're a team as long as Hill can stay active in the passing game because that's where they're really going to you know use the running back here more than ever. Um, I think that, you know, Freeman's in trouble here. Yeah, I definitely think that he's in trouble. He's been pedestrian on the ground uh, all year long. He's not really showed a burst that he was showing earlier in his career. I was honestly surprised he let go of Tevin Coleman and kept Freeman over him, but it is what it is. And, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I don't think the there's a very big future in for Freeman there in Atlanta. Well, another hit to the Falcons' offense, we've got Austin Hooper with an MCL sprain. 
Yeah, yeah this giant. Is... This one's a heartbreaker. I mean, Hooper was the number one tight end, still is the number one tight end through in points through uh, ten weeks, and now we're looking at a guy that's probably going to fall out of there with this uh, multiple week uh, sprained MCL, as it's being reported now. Johnny, I, I just uh, I wonder, you know, what what happens here with this offense? Yeah. Where do these targets go? I mean, is Ridley finally he was supposed Ridley was supposed to get kind of a bump uh, from Sanu leaving town, but it looks like this Gage guy has also gotten a bump. Yeah. Will those Hooper targets go to the running back, or will they be floated out more to the wide receivers and Julio and Ridley? I mean, the, you certainly hope that they're going to go to the wide receivers, but this uh, offense might just start to struggle a little bit. Gage, I'm. Um, I will do a little uh, tooting of the old horn there on the last show we recorded last week. I did talk about Gage, and I said he is a nice little sneaky snart, um, and he he showed out. So uh, Gage will probably soak up some of those targets, and and hopefully Ridley. Listen, this was a tough matchup for Ridley um, with Eli Apple. They've been struggling to get the ball to Ridley. Uh, I do think better days ahead are uh Ridley has better days ahead and of course Julio maybe he'll get back and get right like he did last year wasn't it so around just a little, this time was it around uh, this yeah time that he it did? was a couple of weeks ago but yeah it, I mean this is around the time you back half of the year um just a couple notes on tight ends that you may want to look at so obviously Hollister Jacob Hollister Johnny mentioned as the yeah. tight end in, in Seattle um you've got Chris Herndon finally coming back to uh the Jets and then I would take oh, a look injured or, Herndon got injured. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if Herndon's hurt, then I would be looking at Darren Fells. If anybody dropped Darren Fells in Houston's bye, I would go pick him up. He's been used quite a bit by Watson. So just some notes there. Great. And yeah. Over to- out, he, Chris Herndon is out an extended amount of time with a fractured rib. Ooh. Yeah. Not good. Also not good in the Cardinals' backfield, David Johnson. Oh, my God. I mean... Don't even get me started on this. Uh, you know, I have a I have a lot of friends that are Arizona Cardinals fans. Um, obviously, I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan. But David Johnson, like, I'm a realist, too, as well. I run my own podcast show, you know, with Big Travi over here and Chelsea Lee Byers. And I talk about it. David Johnson has not looked right this whole entire year. And he continues to not look right. And Kenyon Drake comes in here, steals the job right away from David Johnson, doesn't David Johnson's ankle. There's something going on there. There's more than meets the eye. And David Johnson's struggling. He's it's come to a point where you can't even start him because you can't trust how fully healthy he is. He clearly came out and said he was hundred percent last week. He was not near a hundred percent, I'll tell you that. And if he was I think we're looking at a situation where, you know, David Johnson saw what Kenyon Drake did like the rest of us. And he he got worried. Yeah, he got worried. And he said, I need to come back to this game. And you could tell he looked like he was walking with cinder blocks or running with cinder blocks attached to his shoes. Uh, We'll we'll jump in a little bit more to David Johnson as we move on. But this is scary stuff. Yeah. Panic. Awesome panic <laughs> some quarterback updates worth panicking about jacoby Brissett. yeah so it looks like Brissett's gonna start this week he's been a full participant in practice um basically well if he's a full participant they want him to start um so they want he hasn't been yet but they're they're hoping he will be by wednesday so monitor that closely hoyer was not really able to get the job done for the colts surprise, i mean surprise. They they won the game or did wait? Oh, I did mean, Miami win? 
Miami no. won on it. No. Dude, I don't did think the Colts Miami. win? <laughs> or no, no. Miami did win. Miami did yeah, win. Yeah, Miami won. They so won. yeah, or yeah, wasn't able to get the job done. But none of their games have really been like Jacoby dominating. Correct. Game. Yeah, they've they've, they've won been, a ton of games uh by bikes. less than a touchdown, that's for sure. Don't go, don't go blaming my boy Hoyer over there. <laughs> I'd still rather have Jacoby Brissett than Ryan Hoyer. I agree. Um, And then so, yeah, I I mean, just take a look at this because I think it's an upgrade to the offense as a whole. Brissett back in the lineup. Matt Stafford. I mean, it feels like this guy was trying to sneak onto the field with broken bones in his back. Surprising they caught it for a guy who's basically never sat. But Actually, yeah, they're under investigation now by the NFL uh, to the way they handled Matt Stafford. Because he didn't show up on any injury reports. All right, until and then it was Saturday as we're all out, you know, doing our thing on the weekend, and we're getting those updates from all the apps. And Stafford's actually a game time decision. So, um, on a nice juicy matchup, truly Brutal. day by the, the 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 quote by Matt Patricia was truly day by day, week to week. Um, I really don't know what he means here. Uh, like a song, yeah. Step by step, day, day by day. Uh, so just take, I mean, monitor this. But honestly, Johnny, can you drop Stafford at this point? If you, I mean, based on what's going on with QB around the league, I mean, you're, yeah, it's you don't want to hold. Maybe if like this is a Pat Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson kind of someone gets injury of, of that caliber. But Matthew Stafford, you can go pick up a, you know, Kirk Cousins on on the waivers. You could start them. We'll have starts of the week, whatever, based on matchups. I would drop. I would drop Stafford, which sucks because I told a guy. I I, I apologize. I told one of our uh, <coughs> followers, uh, Whisper Nation. They had asked, "Rest of season, do you want Matthew Stafford or do you want uh, Jameis Winston?" I definitely went with Matthew Stafford, uh, and then of course within two hours which seemed like a lot of the information I put out uh, this past week. Within two hours, <laughs> it was completely irrelevant and uh, didn't make any sense, so I had to message him back. Well, uh, it happens to the best of us, but uh, I think that, yeah, I, you know, we're you can move on from Stafford, and, and this is a downgrade to an already kind of floundering offense for the Lions. Sure. Dwayne Haskins getting the start in Washington. Uh, so gross. <laughs> really? Like, I don't understand what. Uh, clearly, they clearly management went to him and was like, hey, we are not doing a good job of, of sucking enough. We need this number one pick because we need to draft a new quarterback. Haskins is going back in. This is horrible news. This is not good news for any single player if, in Washington. If. If you're the Dolphins, how kind of pissed are you? You're like, this is the year we're going to tank. And then everybody else, like the Bengals, the Redskins, the Jets, these they teams all, all yeah. suck too. Yeah. You're like, this is very bad for us. The nice uh, thing is there's quite a few quarterbacks, or there's looking like there's two or three good quarterbacks that are going to come out of this class, which will be nice. Yeah, watch but, Burrow from LSU. Yeah, man. he should be. About that guy. Yeah, they're going to make him forget about Tua. But – uh Haskins here, uh, goodness gracious! I'm sorry, Washington Redskins fans. This is going to be brutal. Uh, also, this uh, dude, this just is just terrible. This is just bad. We got to move on. Yeah. I'm here for the hard hitting analysis. Stay for the groans. 
AJ Green does not want anything to do with that Bengals field anymore, it seems. I mean, this just makes sense to me if you're looking at it from a contract situation. What makes sense for AJ Green? Uh, go out on the field with a backup quarterback on a team that's floundering and, you know, hurt yourself again and hurt your chances at a contract or leave the best of your career on tape, which is what he's got so far uh, for the for the Bengals or any other team. Like he said it last week, there's uh, 31 other teams out there. So we'll just see what happens with AJ. But I think, you know, if you were kind of holding on to AJ, either sell him if you can, or, you know, if you're, if you're deep enough to hold, go for it. But I just don't know that I can see anything uh, progressing back to his top 12 status that he had. You know, if you're in the loser bowl, uh, or going to be in the loser bowl, I would hang on to AJ green just for that. Um, boost that you might be able to get there holding on to broken dreams yeah all right james connor (laughs) you're right james connor is fighting through injuries but he's listed as a full participant for steelers yeah so this was a projected uh practice report because they play on thursday so this was a you know a hypothetical practice report but this is kind of what we thought the timeline would be with this injury Schefter reported it two weeks ago that he was probably going to be out for two weeks. Uh, They were gearing up for this game. It was a divisional game. And the Steelers now are above 500 in a year that they've lost their quarterback and had very bad play out of their backup quarterback. And so now uh, I think that Steeler, you know, what you've seen out of James Conner is he was the focal point of this very, you know, not very exciting offense, but nonetheless, the focal point and a guy that can catch the ball as well. They do have Jalen Samuels. He's been very active in the passing game, but what we've seen out of Jalen Samuels is he hasn't been quite that effective as a runner. So I think getting James Conner back will be good for this offense. They'll, they'll run the ball through him. And if you held on to Conner or you've been looking at Conner, he's got some nice matchups down the stretch and could actually be a guy that's a key part of a playoff run. And one last but not least on this injury report, Will Fuller looking to come back. That's good news. Yeah, good news for Deshaun Watson owners. Good news for this offense. Um, But I will say this. uh, What we've seen, even in Will Fuller's absence, is uh, Deshaun Watson progressing as a passer, using his backs more, using his tight ends more, um, not relying on just DeAndre Hopkins and just whatever number two wide receiver that is, really spreading the ball around and progressing as a passer. So, yes, I think if you can snag Will Fuller, if somebody dropped him, you should. The upside's always there. Um, I think if you have him, you're plugging him in where the matchup makes sense. But I wouldn't think that he is as dynamic as he was with Watson when Watson was feeding him just as much as DeAndre Hopkins. That's right. Well, and that's all for news and notes from fellow brought to you by Fanatic. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you to Fanatic. We appreciate them. If you have an Apple device, get over to the App Store and download Fanatic today. And after that really meaty news and notes section, we're going to jump into our Week 10 uh, breakdown here, and we're going to start with our biggest storyline coming out. And I'm going to give the mic to Johnny a little bit uh, to talk about a guy that is making his MVP case right now, and that's Lamar Jackson. Yeah, certainly, at least for you know for fantasy, pur- fantasy football purposes. Uh, Travis, Lamar Jackson is actually on pace for 431.3 fantasy points, which, yes, that's a buttload of points, but <laughs> he is actually on pace for what would be the most points in history 
for uh, for the most points in for fantasy football history, which is insane to think about because all we do is think about Pat Mahomes and and what he did and how great he was last year. And then we think about Deshaun Watson and the pace that he was on a couple of years ago. And we and we talk about these guys. We get so passionate about these guys. And it's Lamar Jackson, the guy that we had pegged in the very beginning of this season as a guy who could make that giant jump and make that leap. He is going to win people fantasy championships, and he's going to do so because he is always able to be in game scripts no matter what. If they're behind, if they're winning, he is always going to be involved. And the major point that I love to look uh, look at when I'm talking about quarterbacks, Travis, you know it. The uh, points per drop back and and what that is to quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, we talk about it, he led the pro football focus era for the uh, most fantasy points per drop back at .73. We had a big, Travi and I had a big go back and forth on the show about uh, Deshaun Watson and whether he could make it. Well, in his rookie year, Lamar Jackson had a .79 points per drop back, which was craziest and and we thought it could uh come down from there but it hasn't because of his rushing ability has stayed the same therefore now and now it's actually 0.8 points per drop back which is absurd for a fantasy player let alone a fantasy quarterback lamar jackson is a stud he is going to yeah. win a lot of people fantasy leagues he is a cheat code yeah and he's just been really dynamic on the ground and you know, what I'd like to see out of him is he's not running exactly reckless. Like some of the moves you make, you think, oh, my God. But he has the ability to make guys miss where he's doing this. Like that spin move, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals players are still looking for Lamar Jackson from that play. Like it was unbelievable. He's juked two dudes out of their cleats. And I mean, he's just been really good. We've talked about this off the show before in Michael Vick's heyday. He was averaging around, you know, in his best years, he was averaging about 60 yards uh, per rushing per game. You've got uh, Lamar Jackson, I believe, in the 80 yards per game range. So we are maybe seeing the most dynamic rushing quarterback we've ever seen. And we have more than 16 games of proof. And speaking of that 16 game mark, Johnny, Adam Schefter actually tweeted this out or put this on his Instagram. I'm just going to drop you. A couple of stats here in his first 16 career starts. Lamar Jackson has 13 wins. Patrick Mahomes had 12 in his first 16. As as far as rushing yards, in his first 16, Lamar Jackson has more than LaDainian Tomlinson in his first 16. Uh, His passer rating of 94.4 is better than Tom Brady's in both of their first 16 games. Lamar Jackson has 7.6 yards per attempt. Aaron Rodgers only had 7.5 in his first 16 games. And then Lamar Jackson's 63% completion percentage this year or in his first 16 games as a starter is better than Drew Brees' 61% in his first 16 games as a starter. So, so much for all the talk about him being not a, you know, not a complete quarterback, not a leader of the team. They are doing it in all sorts of ways. They can attack you in all sorts of ways. And with Marquise Brown back in the lineup, this team can do everything it needs to do to be a complete offense. Um, yeah, like you said, Johnny, I think he's going to be an MVP of a lot of fantasy football squads this year. And we just wanted to give him a quick shout out here on this episode and just really admire some of the greatness that's going down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about the anti-greatness that's going on yeah. with with Someone David who Johnson. Is not going to help you win a championship. 
uh, David Johnson. And this one hurts a little bit for you, Johnny. Um, I, I'm sure because of the, the ties to Phoenix, because of the contract they gave David Johnson, because of how dominant he was just back in 2017. Um, look, I, I was beating his drum hard in the offseason, saying he was a top five pick, no doubt. He should have been. Um, just the offense that was coming in. And maybe without the injuries, he might have been able to get a little regain or recoup some of that value. But things we have to remember here that, you know, that are very clear. Um, David Johnson was not drafted by the regime with Cliff Kingsbury and, and his offense. Okay, so that's that's a big part here. And secondly, they went and traded for Drake, who was a guy, Johnny, that they were, you know, kind of interested in before this. Uh, stuff happened to him. And if you look at Drake's production, he's at 19 touches uh, two weeks ago, then 16 touches this week. Um, averaged five point yard. Uh, he's averaged 5.8 yards per carry with Arizona so far, and he's had 11 targets in the passing game over his last two games. It looks like Drake will be the guy that fills in here. And unless David Johnson can show us more on tape that he's worked through these injuries, I, I, I don't see a bright future for him for the rest of this season. Yeah, no, certainly not. And then, you know, Chase Edmonds, they're saying Chase Edmonds could be back in a couple of weeks. Um, certainly doesn't bode well for that. I, I Look, to be honest with you, they're probably going to use him more as a wide receiver. And they really do like Drake back there and they like Chase Edmonds. So um, and they're even there's been talks that, hey, when David Johnson, you know, when all three of these running backs are healthy, David Johnson could actually be the third best running back in that in that room, uh, you know, from a running back standpoint. And so they he might not even see the field from, you know, in the running back position. They might just move him out to the wide receiver spot. So there's a lot of concern for David Johnson owners. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's probably too late to get anything for him uh, that's going to help your team. Uh, it's very frustrating, and it's going to continue to be very frustrating for, for those owners. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so we're moving on here because that one just kind of hurts, and we don't need to talk about it anymore. But O.J. Howard had been kind of uh, the same sentiment towards his uh, or his his fantasy owners have the same sentiment towards him except for he finally had a good game johnny uh four for 47 and a touchdown here what are what's your take on oj howard can fantasy owners finally trust him or was this a one-off and they should continue to uh fade oj howard yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't look too much into it look he only had he had a decent day four for 47 and one certainly the yardage or the targets don't really pop off to you and then if you even look at it even even more three of those four targets came on the last drive so uh that was what really salvaged today he did get the touchdown early but look it's this it's anyone who plays against the arizona cardinals uh over the uh or sorry two of the last uh two of the four targets came on the last drive not three um, but on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, O.J. Howard hit a new season high. But you know who else has also hit those highs as well? Austin Hooper, Mark Andrews, T.J. Hawkinson, Greg Olson, uh, Rhett Elson all hit their highs against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and, you know, you even had uh, George Kittle pop off, have one of his best days. He plays the Arizona Cardinals next week. Expect him to have a monster day. Any any tight end, this we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now, any tight end that is playing the Arizona Cardinals, go ahead and get them on your starting lineup. 
if they are. Yeah, available. I mean, look at this one. You wouldn't. You would have wanted to avoid OJ Howard if you could in this game. Yeah. Uh, but you just really couldn't because the matchup was so good. I started OJ Howard in Dynasty, a place where I'm really stressing about OJ Howard. He was able to come through, and I think that's the point. Um, you look at though the seven games Howard has been in, he only has 24 targets. That's 22nd amongst tight ends. So not really startable based on a volume standpoint. Um, and so he is just not someone you're you're fully confident in. Yeah, big Travis sitting over there as tight end thirty, dude. So it's and targets <laughs> exactly. Uh, like I even have more targets than OJ Howard. Yeah. Um, but gauging confidence here, we're gonna move on to kind of testing uh, the waters here on what we believe of this Saints offense. Johnny basically sputtered out against a you know very dominant lack- Atlanta yeah. defense. <laughs> yeah. A very lackluster Atlanta defense now. She kind of shuts down uh, Drew Brees and the Saints after a bye, after Drew Brees had looked so good against your Arizona Cardinals. Um, what What's your, you know, panic level after this divisional battle? Well, I mean, if it's if I am Michael Thomas, I'm not panicking one bit. This guy still came out. He caught 13 of 14 targets for 152 yards for his career. He now has uh, uh, 407 receptions, 4,814 receiving yards, and 27 touchdowns. That is amongst the best in the league uh, and referring to his first uh, first career total games. Uh, it's a, you know He's up there with Larry Fitzgerald, some of the greats. Uh, so Michael Thomas, don't be concerned about him whatsoever. I, I do still have uh, some doubts about Alvin Kamara and what's really going on over there. Is he fully healthy? Is he going to get back? Could this have been, you know, we, we've we seen this before from Drew Brees. He comes out, he has these stinker games, usually actually against Atlanta, where he'll, you know, the matchup looks pretty good. Uh, he should light up Atlanta, and then Atlanta just turns it on one game a year against Drew Brees and, and kind of shuts him down. So uh, I, I do think that there will be better days ahead. I think that maybe uh, <coughs> they overlooked Atlanta a little bit considering – what position they were in as a team. Maybe that has to do with it. I'm hoping that has to do with it because Alvin Kamara, let's be honest, Alvin Kamara needs to get right. Uh, he's not looked good for several weeks. Yeah. On that, on that point, he's had less than 15 points in PPR over, you know, in all but two games this year. Um, obviously he missed the two games from injury. He did, however, um, he did, however, get 10 targets in this last game, which is a tie for his season high. So you did like to see him get used more in the passing game there. Um, this is kind of the same story, Johnny, that we saw last year. Outside of Michael Thomas and Kamara, who is going to pick up the slack as this offense and and who can Drew Brees go to? And therefore, you saw the offense stale out because it, if a team is able to focus on those two, you know, Jared Cook has not been the addition we thought he could be for them. And maybe that just needs time. Brees has not been fully inserted in this lineup for a lot of games. So that could be a part of it, too. Brees took six sacks in that game and 287 yards. So only 135 yards were dished out beyond Michael Thomas that and, whole game. And this is wild. Like this, this offensive line is ranked among the league's best as mm. far as offensive lines are concerned. So to give up six sacks is a little concerning. You wonder if they just were not ready for this game. As Johnny said, they overlooked the Falcons. But if there is a team to get right against, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they've yes. got them on the slate this week. So 
if they can't get it done against Tampa Bay in a in a very nice, juicy fashion, yeah, you could be looking at a situation where maybe at the deadline you're willing to part with, you know, a Drew Brees or something based on the the idea that you want to get right towards the end of the year. Um, so I would hang tight with the Saints. I think they're going to get it right. They're a really good football team top to bottom, and Sean Payton's a great coach, so they should turn it around. Um, Christian Kirk, Johnny, is balled out last weekend. Three touchdowns, 138 yards. Do you think this is more... You know, obviously not three touchdowns every game, but do you think this good performance, this high wide receiver one performance is more of something we can count on at a Christian Kirk, or do you think it was just that matchup against the Buccaneers? It was clearly because I was up against somebody who had Christian Kirk, <laughs> I had Kyler Murray, and that was the only way that they were able to score was, of course, by negating every single one of my throwing touchdowns. Uh, with I should have known. Yeah, that's exactly what. Um, I always use that uh, logical thinking. Travis hates it, but... It tends to be true more than it is false. Uh, no, but in all honesty, uh, this was just a really nice matchup for Christian Kirk. I do think that Christian Kirk moving forward is a nice play. I do think he has tremendous upside, clearly. Um, this was kind of his upside capped, uh, what we could see. But if you're looking at what the Bucks have given uh, given up this season, uh, heading into week 10, there were there are over 50 different wide receivers averaging 10 or more fantasy points per game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have played against nine of those wide receivers across seven of those games. Here are those lists of wide receivers and their combined points. Week 2, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel combined for 32.2 fantasy points. Week 3, Sterling Shepard scored 27 Week 4, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods combined to score 56.3 fantasy points. Week 5, Michael Thomas, who just scored 42, goodness gracious, fantasy points. In Week 6, Moore and Samuel again combined for 39.4. Tyler Lockett and DK, 67.2 in Week 9. And then Christian Kirk uh, in Week 10, 37.8. We talked about how uh, the Saints offense is coming in. Michael Thomas might go for 60 literally could happen um, <laughs> if you're in a PPR league and you have bonus points. I'll just add that caveat so I don't get a bunch of at me's when he doesn't quite get to 60. But this is just insane. Uh, so fantasy owners uh, continue to start your wide receivers over and more specifically your number one wide receivers against the Tampa Bay defense. Uh, they are giving up quite a lot per game. But when you look at the Christian Kirk side of it, Travis, to answer your question more, Christian Kirk has actually been pretty nice in a PPR league. Um, he has only scored less than 15 fantasy points, uh, three out of his six. So 50% of the time he scores uh, less than 15 fantasy points. But Kyler Murray is getting better and better each and every single week. The play calling is getting a little bit better. Christian Kirk is the healthiest among all the wide receivers here. So I think it could I think it could continue and get you uh, that added little chip going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think Kirk averaging eight uh, targets per game, that's within the top 10 in the NFL. Um, you look at the targets, and, and remember, he's missed some time, so that's why his targets aren't as high as some of these other guys. I think he. this is an offense, uh, just based on the way the defense has been playing, that is going to continue to throw a ton. And if he can stay healthy and stay within the offense, he's going to be inserted as, you know, the one at one B to Larry Fitzgerald in this offense for most games. And I think that's very profitable. Um, if they can get him going, I think we'll get more of the air raid that we've wanted to see out of the offense. And so 
for me, I like Kirk going forward. I've liked Kirk all year. Um, I have seen nothing out of him and nothing out of that offensive situation that that scares me off of Kirk for the rest of the season. For sure. Uh, so out of week 10, we wanted to talk a little bit of some of our biggest surprises. Uh, Johnny, what was your biggest surprise for week 10? Um, um, it would have to be Kareem Hunt for me, Big Travi. Uh, you know, we heard what was all the rumors were saying that they were going to use Kareem Hunt. We were worried about the workload with Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb's workload over the last couple of weeks has been diminishing as far as uh, well the actual work. He's getting 20, 20 plus touches, but the amount of snaps he was playing was going down. It seemed like they were kind of starting to pave the way for Kareem Hunt to come in here. But let's be honest, uh, he looked good. I don't like him as a person at all. Don't own him in any fantasy leagues, that's for certain. But he did look good. You got to give his man his dues when he when he plays well. Eleven touches for seventy four total yards, um, but seven of those eleven touches were receptions. So his nine targets were third on the team, um, and he ended the game with fourteen point four PPR points. Uh, so that would be good for a running back too. I think he is a nice little flex option moving forward. Certainly, if you have Nick Chubb as well, that's a good little. Um, insurance policy there i would definitely say that cream hunt would then move in what the top five i would probably say of handcuffs that you're going to want to own uh if 100%. you don't um and then you know if you if you need a running back or your you know your team's starving for a running back you could do a lot worse than cream hunt uh yeah daniel jones is probably my biggest surprise uh for this week he had Oof. four touchdowns daniel jones daniel jones <laughs> daniel jones <laughs> Uh, four touchdowns in two games this year. Unreal, dude. I can't believe this. I told the, oh man, keep going. And then we got, this is crazy. <laughs> 308 yards, uh, 40 or 26 of 40, uh, on the day against the New York jets. Okay. They've got their bye coming up and they don't have a ton of great match matchups, but they do see actually he has, he has a pristine playoff schedule. So um, they don't have a couple good matchups back to back. But if you could stash Daniel Jones and you're a quarterback needy team right now, which isn't always the case with how deep the position is. But check out this matchup in the playoffs. 14, they play at Philly. Uh, 15, they play uh, against Miami. And 16, they play at Washington. So three choice matchups as far as through the air. And Daniel Jones has been good in his good matchups. Uh, the key would be to stay away from teams that pressure the quarterback really well because he has not done well against pressure. But Danny Dimes, um, I, I picked him up in Dynasty, and I'm stashing him because I think this is a guy that, given the right pieces around him, can really do big things in the NFL. And he's shown it. He showed it in preseason, and he showed it last week, and he's shown it a couple times this year in good matchups. Yeah, um, it's, I, I can't believe the the Danny Dimes. I've that was another call. I, you know, I I told people bench Danny Dimes, and of course he goes off four touchdowns. the 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 real key to pick up here, at Whisper Nation, is to just do the exact exact opposite of what Johnny says. Yeah, seems You'll to be, be fine. Seems. Uh, how about our biggest letdowns, Johnny, from Week Ten? Uh, Darren Waller for me, uh, and this is starting to be a little bit of a concern. The panic meter is going up a little bit. Uh, Darren Waller's uh, line Week Seven. A couple weeks ago, seven catches, 126 yards, two touchdowns, monster game. Everyone said Darren Waller he is the man, which he is. I like Darren Waller, the baller. 
But since then, in those three games since, he's had seven catches for 103 yards and one total touchdown. Waller hasn't had more than three catches in a game over that stretch, uh, and he hasn't had four. Uh, he had four every single game before week seven. So the the catches, the looks, they're they're not going his way like they were in the beginning of the season. Uh, Derek Carr is spreading the ball around a little bit more. They're finding other ways. They're getting Josh Jacobs a little bit more implemented into this offense. There is a real concern, Big Travi, with Darren Waller. Yeah, Tyrell Williams has come back, and so I think that's also part of it, too. You know, Tyrell Williams has been a target for, um, for uh, what's his name? Derek, Derek Carr. Carr, sorry. He's uh he's his he's been forgettable, but his play has not. He's actually that's another big part too. Is Derek Carr's been pretty good for the Raiders yeah. and spreading the ball around and making the right decisions. He hasn't been force feeding Waller as much. Um, we do know that the offense, you know, as the games get tougher, the offense should flow more through Waller. So I am a little bit more optimistic. And because of the way the tight end position is gone, I think you're going to keep Darren Waller, you know, locked in your lineup. But yeah, temper expectations is maybe not the top five guy we wanted him to be when the season began. Um, for me, Johnny, it's Cooper Cup. Uh, left a big, big fat zero for fantasy owners after being a dominant top five wide receiver for um, over the past few. And this is really not really on Cup, if I'm honest. I think this a lot of this is on Jared Goff and what Jared Goff has done in bad matchups. And we talked a little bit about this interior offensive line. Now, Cup should stay involved because he is, you know, obviously Brandon Cook's hurt. And he is more of the focal point of the, you know, crossing routes and some of the jet sweeps and some of the things that are easy enough for this offense to get done, with, even with bad offensive line play. But I am concerned. You look at what they have on the schedule um, as far as strength of schedule for the rest of the season. They are the second worst strength of schedule re remaining, um, second only to Kansas City. So they are going to face some tough matchups down the stretch. And Jared Goff has done nothing to make me confident about matchups that he is um, not favored in. Oh, he's done nothing. Even even his head coach is doubting him. Yeah, putting in Blake seen. Bortles. Yeah. We were talking about this off the air. Blake Bortles was uh, inserted to add another guy in the running game, is what McVay said. I have no idea it's why. It's just genius at a level you can't understand, <laughs> Travis. Uh, yes. McVay's genius has reached new oh, level. Man. I feel like that's just like one McVay. of those. It's like the uh, coaching things, you know, like you just come up with just to be like. Make not to same. hurt Jared Goff's feelings, like well, a distraction. Well, and to like just to try to make <laughs> yourself seem seem even. Better. The house like, isn't burning. Look right. over here. Yeah, I, exactly. I've studied magic. This is this is <laughs> textbook <laughs> magic yeah. trick that Sean. Wow, you studied magic. Wow. Yes, yeah, nice. It's, it's one of the things they bring to the show. Oh, I like that. We've got our. Hey, senior, that's why she never appears. Magic expert. She is. Chelsea she is actually. Uh, been on Behind the show, the glass. yeah. She's been on this show the whole time. You just can't see her because uh, she pulls a magic illusion every time. <laughs> All right. Well, for our next trick, we're gonna sign off here. Uh, we've we've had we've gone through the week ten reaction. We um you know we got through these storylines. But Whisper Nation, if you've got any storylines you want to hear or any magic advice you'd like from Chelsea, <laughs> comment below. Uh, we will make sure we get that over to you. Even though I think a magician never tells their secrets. Right. So. Well, it's time for us to disappear. <laughs> um, like and comment below. Subscribe if you haven't already. And for Johnny Game Time Hicks, Chelsea Lee Byers, I'm Big Travi, and we're out. Peace. Poof. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.